Welcome to the Max Bernier Show. Here's the leader of the People's Party of Canada, Maxime Bernier. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Max Bernier Show. Today, I have the privilege to have with me Professor Salim Mansur. Salim is a professor, author, and also a former candidate for the People's Party of Canada. Hello, Salim. Hello, Maxime. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you very much for being with us. Today, we'll have a discussion about globalism and the difference between globalism and globalization. And so, you know, I think our viewers will be very interested in your point of view on globalism. Yes, Maxime, it is um, very often a confuse between the two terms, globalism and globalization. So let me express simply what globalization means, and then we can make the distinction. Um, globalization is an effect of shrinking time and distance as a result of technological developments in communication and transportation. We have seen how with the advancement of our technology, uh, from the time of the Industrial Revolution till now, how our transportation system has made and brought people closer and closer together. Yeah. And similarly, with the development of modern communication, and especially now with the revolution in internet, uh, the World Wide Web, our communication has become instant around the world. So we can instantly communicate wherever and with whomever we want. So globalization is the change as a result brought about. And there will be more changes that will come about as more and more technological developments take place. So you're right, Salim, about globalization. I think it's important. And a government must promote globalization. Uh, it is helping a country to be more prosper uh, and because people can exchange more goods and services. And so we must be in favor of uh, free trade agreements. Do you, do you agree with that? Yes, exactly. I mean, globalization has helped create a society, a world society, that is in so many different ways more prosperous because of our ability to communicate not only with each other, but also to engage with each other. So our markets have become global. It is no longer simply a market that is limited to the nation state, the country. So goods and services can be exchanged much more rapidly, much more quickly. And so the role of the government in that sense is also more challenging, that the government must be flexible, must be open, must be transparent, and must be supportive of the people that are engaging, as you talk about trade and commerce, you know, or education or technical skill um, in every level. I mean, medicine, you know, uh, sciences, uh, biological sciences and so on and so forth. So, yes, I mean, uh, and we're going to see much more of this in, in, in terms of globalization that is going to take place. And that's good for the society, but versus globalism, you were, yes. yeah, so what is your, your take on that? Yeah, globalism, in my view, is an ideology. And the ideology is about pushing the world towards 
what the globalists talk about, a one world agenda, a borderless world. That means, in a sense, erasing the idea of national sovereignty of nation states. Now, this is an old idea, Maxime. If you go back into historical literature on economics and politics, the idea of a one world is at the heart of Marxism. Remember the slogan of the Marxists in the Communist Manifesto, that the workers of the world have no country of their own, you know, unite the workers of the world. Uh, and, and, And Marx and the Marxist thinkers have seen nation states as an obstacle to their ideology. So they ha- their entire political movement has been based upon uh, breaking down the boundaries of the nation state. The irony today is that it is not the workers who are calling for <laughs> a borderless world. It is the rise of the billionaire class, <laughs> people who gather in Davos, every year. It is they who are calling for uh, a globalism and a globalist agenda under the United Nations flag. United Nations was about nation states, but now the whole argument in the United Nations, pushed by the Davos crowd, is about globalism. So uh, globalism will... um impact the sovereignty of a government uh, at the end, because if you have one uh, supranational entity like the UN that uh, is uh, dictated the rules and, and the legislation, uh, that, will, that will have a huge impact on a nation state. And the best example, uh, it's the Wexit movement, uh, not Wexit, sorry, the Brexit movement. Brexit movement. Uh, <laughs> we can speak later about the Wexit uh, uh, movement in Canada, but the Brexit movement, that was all about keeping their national sovereignty and again, uh, against the globality and uh, the uh, EU. Yes, absolutely. I mean, the the experiment of the European Union was basically that the nation states, Britain, Italy, and other member states joining the European Union will eventually give up their own national parliament. They will give up their own historical identity, and they will follow the decisions of the people in the European Union headquarters in Brussels. So Brussels will legislate for France, for Britain, for Italy, for Spain, and all the other member states, you know. That experiment in a global term is that the United Nations headquarters, whether in New York or Geneva, is going to have the policies that they are going to bring about, and they will push those policies upon the rest of the world. So look at the issues, you know, climate change, you know, this is this is an argument that the globalists adopted in the 1990s. It is a contested idea that man-made global warming uh, has to it is it is it is man-made. And and it is not resolved this idea, but the United Nations has been pushing it and governments in the West Canadian government has signed on to that decision without the consultation of the Canadian people or the American people, you know, and there has been rejections of that. Same thing applies to, say, UN Global Migration or the UN Global Sustainable Development Program. Now, 
It's very interesting, Maxime, that these arguments are directed at the most advanced democracies of the world, Canada, or the oldest democracies of the world, Canada, Britain, United States, which have established national legislatures and rule of law so that yeah. the people will decide. And what is happening is this is not an argument for China or for India or for Nigeria. I mean, look at climate change, uh, uh, Paris Accord, they make exemption for China, they make exemption for Nigeria, for India, you know. But here we are in Canada, we are being imposed on this decision without the full participation of the Canadian people. And that is what the problem is with globalism. It is a dictation of values and policies upon advanced countries like ours. And we have another example on uh, immigration. Like you just said, the global compact on the migration. Uh, so, and, you know, we, uh, we were speaking about that during the last uh, campaign. And some people came to me and said, okay, Maxime, the UN won't write our legislation on immigration. Um, but, you know, why signing? And I, I said, yes, you're right. It, it, it will be the Canadian civil servant and the Canadian member of parliament that are in charge of all legislation on immigration. But at the end, what they are doing, they are saying, you know, signing that agreement, it's we agree with that. We will change our legislation to be sure to be in line with that uh, uh, concept of uh, uh, global uh, migration. And so, so at the end, that's having a, a huge impact on Canadian sovereignty. Exactly. I mean, on, on the issue of migration and immigration, it should be the sovereign right of a nation state to decide what is the level of immigration and migration that they will ex accept. And it is the sovereign right of the people of Canada through their elected members to have that conversation. And you therefore try to make that conversation or bring about that conversation. But instead of having that conversation, uh, the corporate media, which is globalist in terms of their ideology, basically decided to call you and the PPC uh, anti-immigrant, you know, uh, yeah. and racist. That was to avoid the discussion. The discussion uh, is a legitimate discussion. Yeah, absolutely. It's always, it, it's difficult to, to start a debate on that because of political correctness. And, uh, and you, you, must, you must do it if you believe in this country. You must fight for that. And we're doing that together, uh, Salim, uh, uh, using the vehicle uh, as the PPC. Uh, and I think it, it's, uh, it's an important policy. Actually, if you look at immigration, uh, a, a huge majority of Canadians want fewer immigrants, but um, the traditional established uh, political parties don't want to speak about that. It's always more and more in line with the UN. Uh, you know, uh, that that was the, uh, the goal of the uh, UN compact on migration, to be sure that there's no borders and people can come in Western countries like Canada, but it's a privilege to be Canadians and we must, uh, we must fight for our own sovereignty. Well, this was, the, this was part of the debate in uh, Britain during Brexit referendum. I mean, why did the people vote to leave the European Union? They voted to leave the European Union because they were losing their capacity as the oldest democracy in the world to make decision in the interests 
of their country. That yeah. the, 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 the decision was going to be made for the English people of Britain by Brussels. So it was a defense of the national sovereignty. It is not that Britain is against immigration. I mean, immigration is taking place in Britain, but it is the right of the British Parliament to decide who comes to Britain and how many number come to Britain. It is our right as Canadians or Americans in the Congress and we in our Canadian Parliament to make those decisions, whether it is about immigration, healthcare, economic policies, uh, fossil fuel, natural resources, you know, um, including climate change. It, is, it should be our decision and not the decision of people that we have no control or influence over. Now, how does the people of Canada have any influence on the United Nations bureaucrats? Yeah, we, do, we don't have any. What is your point of view? What do you think other uh, political parties like the Conservatives uh, and the Liberal, uh, you know, are so uh, in favor of globalism and, uh, and less in Canadian sovereignty? You know, it must be evident that, you know, as a Canadian member of parliament, you must fight to keep the sovereignty of your of your country, and um, are they too afraid to uh, to speak about that because of the media? Or uh, what is your your point of view on that? Well, I mean, uh, on, on a very short uh, uh, time, they, my my view is that the parties on the left, including the Liberal Party, party on the left, are in that sense. Uh, globalists uh, in their view. Uh, as I said, you know, it goes back all the way to uh, uh, Marx and, and, and Marxist ideology. So it can be easily explained. The New Democrats, the Green Party, um, and including the left wing of the Liberal Party, they are globalists in nature. The issue is, what about the Conservative Party? And my view on that matter is that once the Conservative Party decided to join uh, the, um, the, the Kyoto Accord and then the Paris Accord, they basically gave up the defense of Canada. You know, they, they gave up the argument that, you know, it is the Canadian people who are going to make the decision on these matters. I think also the other point, uh, Maxime, to consider yeah. is that, uh, unlike the United States, Canada, and the political elite in Canada, that is all the political parties and the academia and the media, for the last 60 years and more, have basically embraced the UN as their ideal. You know, yeah. going back to Lester Pearson's Nobel Prize, that, you know, it is the UN that we are the best member state. And remember, Jacques Chrétien as a prime minister would go out talking that we are the number one country in the UN, you know, we are on the top of the UN list. Mm. And so this sense of, you know, we are a good member of the UN and the UN is our ideal and we support the UN when the UN is now not the same UN it was 50, 60 years ago. Yeah. The UN today is dominated by the Chinese, by the Islamists, the Organization of Islamic Cooperation, by third world countries, and it does not represent the values of freedom. Yeah, no, and absolutely. So that's why we must fight against globalism, and we're doing that together, exactly. fighting for more freedom. And But at the end, uh, Salim, there's... Um, 
I think there's a bright future for us uh, fighting because I, I believe that Canadians uh, are on our side. We just need to have more Canadians that are able to understand what we want to do. And, and you know, we we have a challenge with the traditional media. I understand that. They're leftists, like you said. But I strongly believe that the future is on our side because I believe that we have uh, here in Canada uh, um, a Canadian culture that uh, we we are proud to be Canadians and we want to fight for our sovereignty so we may we may have a, a brighter future than what our opponents uh, think I believe so uh, Maxime and the historical lesson is in front of us as more and more Canadians especially in Quebec but then across English Canada more and more Canadians observe what is happening in Europe with, with the European Union. I mean, the resistance to the European Union is growing in Europe. They want to maintain the nation state. Countries like Hungary, Poland, Czechoslovakia, that is the uh, uh, Czech Republic and Slovakia, that is the country that had been under communism and then later on, after the end of the Cold War, joined the European Union. They don't want to dissolve their national sovereignty. They want yeah. to maintain the national sovereignty. They want to maintain their borders. They want to maintain their parliament. So I think more and more Canadians who observe that will have those questions. On the issue of trade, uh, Maxime, since you, you served as the Minister for Small Business and Trade uh, in your capacity, Maxime, you know that while globalization, as we talked about it, is, is helpful for yeah. more trade, more commerce, more interaction, and that we embrace that in terms of globalization. But it is also true that the Canadians are more directly joined with the United States, first through the free trade agreement, then NAFTA, then USMCA, that our trade with the United States is up in 75, 80%. That's yeah. a lot of our manufacturing and our resource and our agriculture. And the United States is very strong in defending the national sovereignty. The United States is not going to go the way that the Canadians under the Liberal Party has gone towards globalism. So I think that is the break that is the resistance, and I think more and more Canadians, especially in Western Canada, uh, with our resource industry, are going to reject globalism. I think you're right, and they will, like they did in the past, you know, be in favor of globalization. But when I'm speaking about globalization, like you just said, a real free trade agreement, speaking about only trade, not try to impose our social views like the Trudeau government tried to do with the U.S. with that new free trade agreement with the American. I remember that Trudeau wanted to have a clause in uh, that agreement saying, you know, you will change your labor law uh, and, and, uh, and the, 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 the Trump administration said, no, you know, it's a deal about uh, free trade, about exchange of goods and services, not about imposing what you want us to do on our labor law in different states. And it, the real free trade agreement, we must have more real free trade agreements, absolutely, but we must always fight for our sovereignty and not try to impose our values in other countries uh, like the Trudeau government tried to do with that, free trade, with that new free trade agreement with the U.S. 
and and also uh, if i may add to that uh, we don't go and impose our values but we do not allow the un or any other country to impose their value upon us <laughs> because to say to say that uh, canada has to learn some lesson from the human rights council of the united nation when the human rights council is made up of countries like saudi arabia somalia pakistan iran we don't have any lesson to learn from them you're right you're right and we won't and that's why we are there salim we will always fight for our sovereignty and our freedom and i thank you very much for giving us your time thank you